makes an epic story a great show. There's got to be something at stake. A beloved hero on a mission. New stars staking their claim. Or the vanquished seeking redemption. A great story builds towards its crescendo. With twists and turns, new plots unfold. And transformation is made possible. The legend becomes immortal. There are tears of sorrow and joy. And a little bit of magic. But the most important part of the story is the ending. It can bring an audience to its feet. An epic story is a show not to be missed. Eight stories, one ending. Not so much a speech as a scripted promo delivered by one of the great voices in Australia, the late Uncle Jack Charles. It was my great privilege to write that piece. I wrote a couple of AFL promos for Uncle Jack over the years. This is a special Speakola episode. This is treasured audio for me. I attended the recording of that reading by Uncle Jack Charles at the Palais Theatre. And only a few weeks later, Uncle Jack Charles died of a stroke at Royal Melbourne Hospital. It's quite possible this was his last ever interview. And so although the structure of the interview isn't made around the speech or a speech, it's really just a chat with Uncle Jack about his life and the highlights of, in particular, his recent life. And so because it might be the last interview with Uncle Jack, I thought I'd put it up and share it with Speakola listeners. And I hope very much that you enjoy it. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall never surrender. Speakola. If you lay down with dogs, you get fleas. Fraud, sham and hypocrisy. Well, that's the way it's done. Speakola. The hollow man of anger and bitterness all must be left to a bygone age. I understand victory. I understand sacrifice. Speakola. For the pain, suffering and hurt of these stolen generations, Speakola. we say sorry. Seem like you've got a lot on. I see you everywhere, yeah. popping up. Yeah. everywhere, yes. Rich vein of uh, career, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's. I did one for Shine Lawyers. I don't do ads normally, but Shine Lawyers have been working tirelessly to uh, to get the money for the, the stolen money wages. Oh yeah. For some of that mob over in the west. Yes. And uh, South Australia or Northern Territory, one of that mob. A couple of them made these mobs here. Get, they're doing the. Uh, class action about the wages, the oh, good. stolen wages. And what about the AFL? You, you like them, do you? Just oh, yes, yeah, It's yeah. like footy and... Yeah, well, that's, a, you know, this is a promo, it's not an ad. Yeah. Per se, you know. But it's an ad that I, you know, because I, I watch footy and I I bury for Footscray anyway. Yeah, good on They've letting it down the last month, aren't they? Well, they've been letting us down every fucking year, <laughs> but, you know, I'm like Ernie Sickley. <laughs> yeah, well, what was, yeah, was the year? Because I wrote your last one that you did for him, the um, September one. It's yeah. a month. It's a month that one. Yeah. And um, <laughs> was that the year the Bulldogs won? It might have been. You know, you might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't like watching them play because it's disappointing, but I do watch uh, all the games, actually. I watch the soccer, I watch the rugby, you know, and, uh, you know, I always go for Redfern up there. Yeah, South, absolutely. You know. What are they called now, Redfern? Redfern, South. South, South Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah South yeah. Sydney. And in the AFL, you've got, have you got a favourite player? You're on the uh, Jamara bandwagon? Well, Eddie, Eddie Betts. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm not above choosing uh, you know, somebody like Eddie. I, he had his launch, book launch at readings last Friday. Oh, yeah. Did you Well, I, I was riding in the rain when I spotted him and I stopped to say hello. But I got a friend of mine who sells a big issue outside readings to buy one and get Eddie to sign it for me. Oh, uh, good work. Yeah. So, and are you, um, are you uh, riding your bike still at 88? Yeah, still riding my bike. Good on you. Yes, yes. Uh, Physically pretty good? You're sore or you Well, you know, no, I'm, uh, um, I'm like Archie. I've got emphysema. Yeah. But not as bad as him and that, you know. I mean, he had one lung removed anyway, and he's got other medical problems, diabetes and... This Archie Roach? A couple of uh, Archie Roach. Yeah. So I, I, that's all I've got going for me, uh, emphysema and uh, old age, you know. Yeah. But uh, I think it's because I'm... Uh, very much the optimist and uh, full of it and uh, working all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but still getting a lot of downtime to myself. And these downtimes, that's when I work in the community. Yeah, yeah. In okay. my own sweet manner and then connect my family, you know, my nephews and my great nephews and nieces and etc. So I do all that, you know? Yeah, and uh, zooming into prisons and uh, adult prisons and uh, youth detention centres. Right. So, um, so I don't know what the Archie Roach Foundation are going to be doing now that he's dead. Uh, we'll have a meeting and we'll talk about what, what's, uh, what's the future for the Archie Roach Foundation. Yeah. You know, now that he, he has passed on. But yes, uh, uh, three Saturdays ago I was at Collingwood Town Hall doing my show, a night with Uncle Jack Charles to a full house there. Yep. Guest artist, you know singing and that and I never know with this show who's going to turn up who's going to be singing until I see them backstage you know or in the green room yeah and that and uh, Bart Willoughby was the head show headline act there but there were three different singers and that you know it's great great uh, great show I get to unleash about my unfulfilled wet dreams my plans <laughs> and what's happening yeah. my bitches my woes you know my successes and those losses and then a Q and A too. What's your greatest well, success at this point? Um, um, my greatest success is um, is that I um, I made a big effort to stop the ATSI board, the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander board of the uh, Arts Council, and stopped them from asking us to prove our Aboriginalities when we were seeking dedicated Aboriginal arts funding. That was my great achievement, you know. You know, you know, I, because they asked me to prove my Aboriginality way back. I was doing Secret River for Sydney Theatre Company, as a matter of fact, when they asked me, and I took exception to the request. And I didn't want to be in Sydney any longer than I could help, so I left the production, called Kate Blanchett, the cast crew and said, listen, I don't want to be here in Sydney any longer than I can help. I don't want to be here. 
you know, it's not your fault Sydney Theatre Company. You know, I wanted to do this play, you know, Yellow Monday. I wanted to play him and I owed Sydney Theatre Company a lot. I owed Neil Armfield, the director. Bruce Spence was in the cast and that, but uh, no, no, I'm not wired to tolerate, you know, uh, this despicable, uh, you know, uh, disrespectful behaviour by the peak federal funding government body, albeit an Aboriginal one, the Arts, ATSI Board of the Arts Council. And I remember Neil Armfield came up to me and said, Jack, if we suddenly do declare you as an Aboriginal, will you still do the show? And I said, you know, it's not going to happen, you know, uh, Neil, you know, I, I, you know, I love you and I thank you very much for, for tolerating me over so many years, you know. And this is the first time you were going to be seeing or directing me in a production where I wasn't using heroin, <laughs> you know, so I wanted to do that for you. Sydney Theatre Company, I wanted to show Sydney Theatre Company after all these years that they've been employing me, knowing full well I had this little foible of mine, yeah. a heroin addict, uh, you know, addiction. Uh, but yes, um, so so I had that win, uh, you know, uh, uh, coming back down to Melbourne and uh, taking an action against uh, uh, the ATSI board and telling them not to... Uh, I sued them. To, to remove that part of the policy from uh, anybody seeking dedicated Aboriginal arts funding. Stop asking us to prove our Aboriginality. You needed somebody strong like me to do it because there was nobody in the country that was game enough or full of it like I am to take them to task and say, no, stop it. You know, you're being racially vilifying me, disrespecting me, the grandfather of Indigenous theatre, you, you had the gumption, the cheek, the temerity to ask me to prove my Aboriginality when I'm seeking $50,000 for a coffee table picture book I wanted to produce. Hey, Barley Charlie, you can't fucking do this to me, you know. So uh, I won't be in Sydney, you know, uh, ever again until you acknowledge that I'm Aboriginal yeah. and you make it public and you apologise. Uh, well, it took them a while to come around who said, no, 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 you, you needed me at the next, before the end of the year to do uh, Belvoir up there, to do Corinderk, the story of Corinderk, you know. Uh, Ilbedry Theatre needed me up there, Belvoir Street Theatre. So he said, no, 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 I can't go into Sydney until this is resolved. So while that action was happening, Archie Roach picked me up because he found out that I was a unemployed and he said, well, Jack, come and join me for my Enter the Bloodstream tour. <laughs> and straight away I was going fully employed and touring all the, you know, the festival sites around Australia with Archie Roach as a member of his choir and also singing We Won't Cry song during the Paul Kelly bits with him. Uh, yeah. So you got the bald legend and the feral legend together <laughs> singing that song. I'd say it was the highlight of my life working with Archie Roach. And he did it because he knew that I was on a vendor, this uh, particular bent, to uh, pull up uh, the ATSI Board of the Arts Council in relation to proof of Aboriginality. There were no white people in their droves going to the ATSI Board claiming to be Aboriginal when they're not seeking that dedicated Aboriginal arts funding. You know, I got our lawyers to ask their lawyers you know, to um, how do you run a case like this 
says Ron Merkel, a QC from Collingwood. He says, well, the idea is over the past 32 years, we can't move until we know the numbers of how many white people they claim to have come in seeking dedicated Aboriginal arts funding, claiming to be Aboriginal when they're not. Were they charged with fraud and perjury? We need those numbers. So they came back and they said, uh, yes, sir, over the past 32 years, Uncle Jack, there were two. <laughs> two white people claimed to be Aboriginal. And so, so, well, I, I wouldn't have thought white people in the arts would do that, you know. <laughs> so, uh, just, somehow or another, I think that's, uh, even that's a bit of a furphy. Because I've been told it's a bit of a furphy that there would be white people claiming Aboriginality when they're not in the arts. They don't do it. They have to go to the ordinary arts council and they don't have to prove anything. So did you charge them with fraud and perjury? Yes, yes, is what happened? Well, they sued in return, Jack. What do you mean? Well, it's found out you know, that they were Aboriginal. <laughs> so <laughs> who were they? Colin Johnson was one. Yeah, what, you haven't read Wildcat Falling? Rachel Massey, you're on the ATSI board. You're directing me in Corrindirk. You're directing me in Jack Charles versus the Crown, you know? And uh, you, this arts council that you're now working for, the ATSI board, you know, has got the cheek to ask me. They make no exceptions. No, 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 Rachel. I'll never perform on any Sydney stage until this is resolved. So she must have really got into their heads because they said, look, the, re the next generation of Aboriginal people are going to be red hair, hazel eyed, blonde hair, blue eyed, and they'll hold uh, tenaciously with fingertip grip onto their indigeneity and you've got to believe them. The point of fact is that you're contributing to the notion that we Indigenous people are still the most distrusted people in the nation. And here you are, a peak federal funding government body, albeit an Aboriginal one, and you're behaving like white people. You know, so pull up, do the right thing, don't ask me to, and give me my 50 grand. Well, I, I didn't, they, they did apologise and they said, put in for that grant again. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going through, I don't want any more money. I don't want you to fund me in anything in the future. You know, once bitten, twice shy. Don't want to be beholden to you, mob. You know, you're racist, you know. And so, um, uh, and then a couple of years later, those same people ring me up and said, Uncle Jack, uh, We've chosen you to be this year's uh, 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 ATSI Board Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> An uncle that comes with 50 grand. <laughs> that sounds very funny. And yeah, very it is. It's funny, isn't it? Eh? stand up and take it from them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. See, you needed... There was nobody in the country that was willing to go up and, and help me with it. Yeah. Except white people. The, uh, I know Ron Merkel pretty well. He's a good man. Who? Ron Merkel. Ah, Uncle Rod, we call him, yes. Yeah. He's a lovely bloke, Ronnie. Yeah, he's been a bit crook too lately. Has he? Okay. He's come back from overseas and that, I heard. Yeah. But yeah, yes, yeah. we're all uh, getting on. You know? Yeah, seem I might be helping your voice though, Jack. You're sounding, huh? you're sounding amazing up there. It's got, um, it's got um, deeper and deeper, don't you think? Yeah, I thought so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any memories? I've, I've turned on the recorder, if you don't mind. Am I able to yeah. put, do the story you just told about the yeah. Atsy? The what? Can I um, yeah. write up that story? Yeah, yes, yes, of course you can. The, um, the other no, one. no, because uh, I'm having trouble even now, you know. I mean, uh, uh, Dan Andrews, uh, you know, openly admitted in Parliament. 
some time ago, I was over in New Zealand doing Black Ties with Elbidri Theatre and the Maori Theatre Company in collaboration with this show. Black Ties, Mark Cole Smith was the main star in it, bloody lovely actor. He's taken over Aaron Pedersen's role in Mystery Road, Origin, yeah, yeah. the new one. So he's playing a young Aaron Pedersen before he... Uh, anyway, um, uh, when I got back from um, New Zealand, just as the borders closed, we got there just before the borders closed. Way back then, you know? Yeah. And uh, uh, Fitzroy Free Legal Service rang and he said, oh, congratulations, Unc, you had a success. Uh, what do you mean? Well, I was going into Parliament before I left to do the rehearsals, going into Parliament at a series of inquiries in Parliament as to the reason why we elders believe that certain criminal records could be expunged within the space of three, five and ten years. And uh, it eventuated that uh, I was there for the reading in the lower house of that bill. Uh -huh. So I knew the opposition were taking it serious. They did say that they did hope fervently that uh, uh, they hoped that Uncle Jack wasn't going too soft on crime. <laughs> <laughs> but they knew what I was on about because I needed to give those young ones in our youth detention centres and adults in our prisons uh, to, to a light that there can be a light at the end of the tunnel and uh, we are working, elders, working to uh, make this happen, to have uh, the possibilities of their criminal records expunged. We know that there are some crimes that could never be expunged, but we're not interested in that. We're just interested in the, in the, in the average crimes that, um, you know, if you've got a criminal record, you are confounded with that for the rest of your life. It's a life sentence. Yeah. Well, no judge ever sentenced many of us to a life sentence, but we are suffering this. So the idea is that Daniel Andrews put his own bill while I was away touring in New Zealand with black ties. Um, and um, he said that the solar, that, um, oh yeah, he put his own bill in um, uh, to the upper chamber and um, uh, and it, it came legislated, he called it the spent conviction scheme. So we have a spent conviction scheme here in Victoria. And then also, uh, when I got back, Kutcher Edwards rang up, Cousin Kutch, and uh, Kutcher, and he said, uh, Jack, uh, while you're away, Dan Andrews admitted in Parliament that the stolen generations was in and of itself a form of genocide. So he'll have a redress team developed. Well, it's come to pass now, okay, this redress team. It's only happened recently, NAIDOC week, you know, when the money's there. Now, I found it odd that this reparations committee, also working on the treaty mob, treaty, this mob, were relegated to, uh, uh, to be the reparations committee and that for the stolen money and that, you know. Now, they were to give us 20 grand each with no proof of Aboriginality. To get the 80 grand, we had to prove Aboriginality. And again, this mob asked me down here in Victoria to prove my Aboriginality, to get the $80,000. Uh, I think even to get the 20 grand. Mm. And I took exception to it because I had just been given. Could you stay out of there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stand there? No, the, uh, the sun. The sun. Do you want, oh, you want to be in the sun? Yeah, yeah. Come on, me. Yeah. 
Uh, so the um, point of fact is that I um, I had to take them to task. You know, says no, you have no right to ask me to prove my Aboriginality. You know who I am, you, uh, and uh, you know I have cousins sitting on that reparations committee. I think you should have you hang your head in shame because I'm not going to prove my Aboriginality to you. You know, it's all bullshit. And I know that you are confounded with white people coming and claiming to be Aboriginal, Aboriginal people claiming to be stolen when they're not. Have you warned these people? Have you done your, your, you know, your, your, your corporate duty is to warn people that to claim Aboriginal when you're not, to claim if you're Aboriginal that you're stolen when you're not stolen, to claim this money can be, you can be charged with fraud and perjury. Have you warned these people? I did it a few times, and then I, I won the, the National NADOC uh, Elders Award, Male Elder of the Award, at the, uh, the convention centre. Even that didn't convince them, mm. you know, that I was Aboriginal. So I, I said, listen, uh, it's about time that I actually make a threat to you, yeah. and that uh, we have to bash this out in a, in a in a in a in a room down in William Street. Yeah. Can I take a photo of the Uncle Jacobs? Is it right? Yeah. How did you get off it? Who was, was there a key person that got you off the heroin? Uh, me. Yeah. Yeah. Only I could do it. Uh, and uh, I did it just before going in to do my one-year jail sentence in 2004. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so all 2005, I spent in jail. Uh, so that was that, and uh, about a month before I left, before the end of my sentence, Auntie Lorraine Peters and her daughter came in with the Maramali program, and that was the program that uh, you know, got me to start changing the course and direction. Well, I already was on that tack anyway, but it, it confirmed. Are we ready? Yeah. Hey. If you're interested in the life of Uncle Jack Charles, he has appeared in two terrific documentaries. One is called Jack Charles vs. The Crown, and another is the incredible film Bastardy that is up on the streaming platform DocPlay. DocPlay is an Australian streaming initiative. It is an all-documentary streaming platform, and they are Speakola sponsors. You can visit www.docplay.com forward slash racks with an R forward slash speakola and subscribe to Docplay and you get 45 days free subscription. Thereafter, it is one of the cheaper services. It's around seven or eight dollars a month and there are hundreds of documentaries. So if you are disappointed in the documentary fair on Netflix, or on Stan, or one of the other streaming services you are a part of, this will change your documentary life. It certainly changed mine. I loved Bastardy. I also loved First Australians, which is up there. And last night, I watched the Maradona documentary. That is a classic if you haven't seen it, and it will certainly whet your appetite 
for the World Cup. So go to docplay.com forward slash racks forward slash speakola. That link is also in the show notes and take advantage of the 45 days of free docplay viewing. Speech of the week. Well, it's not so much speeches for this special episode as Jack Charles' voiceover promos written by me. The first one we played at the outset of the show. But in 2016, Jack Charles did a beautiful one about footy in the month of September. And I'll play that one for you now. It's a month. A month where the mowers rattle on suburban nature strips and we smell the cut grass. A month where the warmth re-enters the earth. A month when we gather in anticipation, in celebration, in despair. A month of walking in the steps of our ancestors. Colours flying, tribal colours, colours of hope, of belonging, a common language, the inescapable colours of spring. It's 10,000 at training, suburban grounds filled to the brim. It's, this is your captain speaking, best of luck in the big game tomorrow. It's making the trip, it's getting there no matter how far. A month of cities divided, cities united, a month for cheer squad staggering under the biggest banner for the year. Those last ten seconds of the national anthem in joyful strains, straining to contain the excitement, overflowing into a roar that shakes the very foundation. A month for entertainment. The whole thing bigger than television can ever explain. The thump of sound hitting your body. A month for making new acquaintances and for saying goodbye. It's a month where moments become monuments. Jez's mark, Shaw's mark, Harms' run faster than the kick, Scarlet's toe, Nick Davis, Nick Davis! Bacanara and poor Jim. I was there, you know. I was there. Goddard's mark. It's a month. No. It's the month. That's it for the episode. There's going to be a state funeral for Uncle Jack Charles on the 18th of November. His family have allowed name and image to be used publicly in the aftermath of his death. It was a great honour to have a small involvement in Jack Charles's professional life and what a career it was. Many thanks to the patrons and donors who are keeping Speakola going and a big shout out to David Parkin, the footy coach who became an $8 a month patron supporter. Thank you so much, David. I wrote a story about David in the Substack this month about David Park and stealing Bruce Dool's jumper. And if you want to read that, visit goodonewilson.substack.com or just search Tony Wilson, Good One Wilson, and you will find that one. It's also on my Twitter feed at by Tony Wilson. 
I've got some great guests lined up. We've got Laura Lex, the comedian. I'm speaking to Abram Goldberg, the Holocaust survivor. I've recorded that one, but it's a bit of an epic edit and an incredibly emotional chat as well. So I look forward to that one dropping in the next few weeks. Hope you're well. Speak well. Rest in peace, Jack Charles. Until next time.
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.